This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 855-453. And that's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And once again, over at freetalklive.com, you can actually control the content of the website. Uh, you find something online that you think is interesting, you'd like to share with our listeners, you just submit it as show prep, and then others can vote whether they like or dislike it. And the most liked will make it to the front page in the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. Once again, freetalklive.com. So head over there and get interactive. There's much to discuss here uh, this evening, uh, including we've got to continue uh, something that we started last night, a discussion about police tactics uh, when it comes to pulling people over on the side of the road. There was much more to that. We had uh, the drug dogs that we didn't get to even really get to touch on. So I'd like to talk more about drug dogs here in a little bit. But, of course, uh, there's also big news in that our Tuesday night co-host, Derek J is out of jail. Uh, he has been bailed out, and we will probably be hearing from him at some point. Uh, he has been put on house arrest. However, the judge in the case appears to have uh, realized that the bail was way too high. It was originally set at $5,000, reduced to $500. You have to wonder why yeah, that Yeah, it really makes happened. you wonder why. And it happened without any pr- um, prompting in that Derek didn't file a motion for reconsideration. It just, it just came down from the judge. So what allegedly happened was he read some affidavits from the police and maybe decided that this case wasn't as good as the police had suggested it was because i mean that's a huge bail reduction it is Uh, but makes you really wonder i mean if the case isn't that good isn't it bail isn't bail intended to make sure the person shows up for the event i mean he was just as likely to show up before as he is now but it's also punitive you know it's used it's used to punish people who continue to get arrested the bail usually continues to go up um and now house arrest is included in the bail so he is at home uh where he is now confined can't even go to the grocery store uh, the only reason you can leave house arrest is to like go to the hospital or go to court go to the hospital or court pretty much well, what it. about the grocery store you can't go but i mean what about the grocery store you cannot go i don't understand how do you not eat uh, this i don't understand either mark i mean if you, <laughs> i guess if you don't have friends you shouldn't be on house arrest. <laughs> i guess that's it uh so we're going to continue we're going to take your calls as well plus coming up an update from the situation in california uh, but I want to go to Viper calling first. Uh, Viper, you're on Free Talk Live, a situation that's very outrageous how to, uh, happening out in California. We're going to hear straight from the victims out there. But Viper, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, California is outrageous. My brother lives out there. Uh, the taxes they pay, oh, my God. Uh, he has a really good job. He works for Honda Performance Development, HPD. Sounds good. And his wife is a banker, so they can afford to live out there, but... My gosh, I couldn't. Well, some people live, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, if you make more money, you have a higher lifestyle. You know, many of the, the big the big metro areas, they'll pay higher paychecks because they know their employees have to pay these higher taxes mm-hmm. in these areas. That's uh, why the, the pay tends to be higher in Manhattan, that kind of thing. This is Free Talk Live. So I wanted to talk to you, Mark, about the greatest American hero. Do you remember that? Yes, I did. I, I, I really enjoyed that show, especially the first season. Yeah, oh, especially. Well, fill um, me in. What is it? The Greatest American Hero is a show in the very early 80s with uh, a guy who found a magic suit, uh, an alien suit, and it turned him into a superhero. And, uh, you know, he was cool. very, very bad at controlling the flight mechanism um, in the, uh, the, the suit. The instructions. 
But he lost the instructions. That's right. Uh, I remember I was a kid when I saw this, but I, I found it very compelling at the time. And so he'd fly into walls and that kind of thing. Yeah, I was just getting into my third time watching it through. And, you know, every time I watch it through, I think about all the themes that they get into about we're going to defend the president and we're going to stand against Red America and, you know, how jingoistic the show was. But, uh, you know, it's it's a real conflict for me because I thought the acting and the writing and the execution was so good. You know, um, so I had an author that I really used to enjoy reading, and it was uh, Tom Clancy. And then I found the sort of the ideas of liberty, and um, you know, as as I got deeper and deeper, I found that I enjoyed this superlative author. I mean, you can't say that this guy isn't one of the the great uh, you know authors of our at least the last decade. Um, but you know, well, I just I, I would it, think that Suzanne Collins is kicking the hell out of everybody right now. I'm not sure who that is. I don't she get to read much fiction. Games. Oh yeah, well yes. She, Certainly got the big stuff going now. So, what, Mark, you're saying that uh, you just I can't just, look at it I from the same perspective. The Hunger Games, and my gosh, the Hunger Games is so compelling, and yep. I'm I uh, I'm going to buy the second book tonight and start it. I haven't seen the movie yet, but my wife is out of state, so I want. To I think it's been about have her here with me to watch it. It's been about ten years uh, that this there's been this change in sort of the the memes of popular uh, literature and movies, popular media, uh, the, the long-form popular media. And it is much more based around individual liberty than it used to be. I think that things things have changed. I mean, you know, the American culture has changed and what people are consuming has changed. It's very interesting. What's coming to mind right now is the movie 300, where uh, you get the idea that these are a group of 300 freemen fighting for freedom. Come on. Anybody knows anything about Spartans knows that, <laughs> for one, they, they had slaves and these weren't freemen. These were aristocrats. And... So, yeah, but you know, let's, you know, it, you got to boil that all down to the individuals involved. And sure, when I when I look at that, it, you know, I look at a TV show like uh, The Greatest American Hero. You know, Ralph was a guy who really cared about people. Yeah, you know, and he he had this sidekick that was all wrapped up in the Cold War and. The Russians and the subs, and you know, at the same time, there was this other under underlying storyline, as you said, in the first season, with you know his child, his girlfriend. He was a special ed teacher. He he made a difference in the community. You know, even when he wasn't, you know, the guy in the long johns and the cape. So, yeah. Are you saying it frustrates you, Viper, that uh, you know you can't really look at it from the same perspective uh, today? I'm not sure what you mean by that. Well, that's what I felt like Mark was saying before. Like, you know, you come back to this Tom Clancy uh, guy. You re- used to really, really like him, but now it's kind of a different experience reading no, that it. Was, that was something that Mark – I've never read anything that Tom Clancy has ever written. But he's asking you if you had that experience with the uh, the Greatest American Hero show. That you know, now that you're watching uh, on the again, third viewing. Viper. In a way, I get I'm frustrated with the jingoism. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Well, you know, sometimes you just have to take... Uh, it's a different time, man. <laughs> yeah, you just have to take your entertainment for what it's worth, you know? At the same time, I appreciate the acting and, and you know, the the good impulses that come from those people, too, that, you know, helping the the kids that don't fit into the government mold, you know, and that was a big theme in the first season of, of The Greatest American lo- Hero. A lot yeah, of shows can, of can really be disappointing in a number of different ways, and I share that. And Viper, thanks for the call tonight. appreciate it. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It can be tough looking at popular media as a liberty-minded person. It can be, it can be frustrating because, you know, you want to, you know, the show's got good acting, it's got a good plot, but at the same time, it worships the state. I don't and, think that it happens as much as it used to, though. I find that new media doesn't, I don't get that experience. But you're not watching television, are you? I do watch some television. You certain. do? Okay, I, that's right. You do have the direct TV. I thing, watch, right? uh, yeah, I watch House and Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. basically. And then I, a, a now, lot of the military channel and the history channel. Now, what is House? Of. Is that a doctor show? It's a doctor show. Okay. He's a, but, but the I mean, only the thing you can tell is, about the guy is that he's an atheist. You can't even tell if he's a Democrat or a Republican. But TV is replete with cop shows still. I mean, that hasn't changed, right? Like there's CSI and there's all these other investigator shows yeah. that worship the FBI and they worship the police. I, right? I, 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 I I've watched a few of those, um, certainly, but I feel like more what they do is that they're, you know, they're more focusing on the detective aspect than anything. 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, but it suggests that these police are somehow good at being detectives when most of them in real life don't solve murders very well. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here for you, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, Ian here. And Mark. 1-855-453. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. And if you enjoy this program, there are different ways for you to support the show. One of them is by shopping with us. You go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon. There's Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, and US. You shop in the one that's right for you. And Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. So it's the same great Amazon experience, same huge selection, same great prices, free super saver shipping, all that stuff. It's just that you're shopping through our affiliate link, so Amazon cuts us a portion of their profits. Go and get your shopping done at shop.freetalklive.com and help Free Talk Live at the same time. There are a few things that you can't get on Amazon. Yeah, you can't get a, an easy way to fill out your will or living trust or anything like that. You'd have to go to LegalZoom.com to do that. And more than a million people have trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. They're not lawyers over there, but they well, they were founded by a lawyer. And they're empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents people trust, whether it's a patent, will, trademark, living trust, uh, you know, will, uh, all these things. Uh, you know, it's great. I went over there and, and created my will. I felt like it was something I had to have to protect my family. And, you know, if you've got a family, 
you're either you either have a will or you're trusting the government to take care of your stuff, and I I don't. LegalZoom.com. Use coupon code FTL to save ten dollars on your order. It's LegalZoom.com. We go to the phones to the fun. Benjamin is listening in California, and Benjamin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Appreciate uh, you you hanging through there because I really wanted to make sure we had time to dig into what happened with you and your brother Russell. Uh, over the last few days here in California, where you were in tr- uh, in a trial uh, up until it finished out, I guess, yesterday. For those of our listeners that don't know, uh, what's the story behind this trial? Why were you in court? Uh, go ahead and fill us in. Sure. Uh, about a year ago, late April of last year, my brother and I uh, went to a highway overpass with a sign we had made that uh, was as large as 11 pieces of poster board all strung together, and it said taxes equal theft. Uh, police arrived on scene, uh, presumably, I thought, because something was happening out of the ordinary, and they were curious. Uh, and then they started to tell us uh, we had to take the sign down. I had the audacity to ask them if uh, our sign was illegal. Their response was, well, we don't think so. And then they decided to take issue with the fact that we were wearing Guy Fox masks and saying that we're wearing a mask is illegal. Uh, They asked for our, uh, this is the exact quote from the officer, do you happen to have your ID on you by chance? And we said, no, not on us, which was the absolute truth. We did not, we were not carrying IDs as we were out on a sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it spiraled out of control from there with the police officers trying to uh, insist on things and ask things and argue with us about the content of our signs and telling us we couldn't film the entire uh, encounter, which which we were doing from a couple angles. Yes, yeah, so you did, get, you did get video footage of this, and it is available on your YouTube channel. Now, what's the best? Is it your Good Men Do Something at FR33 Agents? Is that your best place we can put yeah, people, listeners uh, to? People can go to just goodmendosomething.org, okay. and from there they can go to our Facebook or our you know YouTube. or We have everything through there. Perfect. So you're you've got a sign. You're holding it on a highway overpass. The police decide they're going to come mess with you. They come over. They don't like the fact that you're wearing masks. They don't like the fact that you're holding up a sign that says taxes equal theft. They want to argue with you about the sign. They want to ask you questions, and you weren't necessarily forthcoming with answers, right? Well, I, I didn't. I thought they were just you know asking general questions, and so I decided no, no thanks. You know, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to answer questions. I well, right. You have happens. no obligation to answer their questions. You're just a man on the side of the street holding a sign. And right. what, what obligation could you have possibly have to answer their questions? Last I heard, when a cop approaches you on the street, and again, I'm no lawyer, but when a cop approaches you on the street and starts asking you things, you don't have to answer his questions. I mean, if he wants to arrest you for some alleged crime, then, then he can do that. But you still aren't, any ob- un- aren't under any obligation to answer his questions. I think you've got to give us give your name or something. That's not necessarily yeah. true, right? In, in different places. Uh, here in California, arrested. at least, and this is all I know, is if you are being detained, right, they suspect you of having committed a crime or you're about to commit a crime or whatever, or they put you in handcuffs, they need to ticket you, whatever, uh, they can hold you until they can identify you. Obviously, the easiest way is for you to give them your name, mm-hmm. but they hold you until they can identify you so they can write you know, who, who is it they're ticketing kind of thing, or who is it they have arrested before they release you? You know, who is it they have to be called back to court kind of thing. Right. Um, so, so they arrested us for wearing masks. 
when we went, went at that time, obviously we're being detained. And uh, when they took us to the police station, we gave them our names and birth dates or whatever, so they could verify who we are. And uh, by the time we got out of the jail, we were being charged with uh, having an illegal sign affixed to state property, which only which is only meant for you can't go around and put up your banner, you know, and, and bolt it to the to a highway overpass saying right. Like if you, for instance. Yeah, I mean, that, those sorts of laws are mostly made for like posting you know, handbills. Yeah, like the the local painter wants right. to go and put up painting signs all over the place. Uh, that's right. not acceptable. So, so that's where that's not comes even from. applicable. Yeah, um, but that's not even what we ended up being convicted of because right. they dropped the sign charge, they dropped the mask charge, and instead what they decided to go with is a uh, a resisting slash obstructing charge uh, because we quote delayed the officers in their investigation. Delayed the officers in their investigation. Right. Because when the officer asked us, do you happen to have your ID on you by chance? Which doesn't sound like, give me your ID, right? Right. Yeah. We had the audacity to tell them the truth. No, not on us. And so therefore, because you weren't carrying government ID and weren't willing to hand over You answered his question directly, though. They charged right. you with obstructing justice. Right. His his question wasn't, may I have your ID? Which, you know, I don't know that, th- that that's still a yes, no question and, you know, whatever. I don't think that that's obstructing either. But his question was, do you do you by chance have it on you? So the answer to that question was no. Right. I mean, you like answering that question with yes would have also been delaying because you're lying to the man. Um, I mean, you know, none of these. <laughs> I mean, well, the idea is you, you are delaying the officer because you aren't a good little citizen. You don't carry your ID on he's you He's not all driving the sidewalk. He doesn't need to have a Apparently driver's license Apparently you do, him. Mark. They're looking at a year in jail over this. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, no, well, they're not looking at a year in jail because they did anything wrong. They're looking at a year in jail because a bunch of amateurs called a jury I didn't say they did anything. their Hold will. On. I didn't say they did anything wrong. I'm just saying that according to this jury's decision, you have to have an ID on you at all times in California if you're an activist. Otherwise, you're obstructing justice. Not not only does the jury not understand the law in this circumstance, they don't even understand common sense. I mean, the guy asked him a question. They gave the truthful answer to the question, and they're calling it uh, delaying. Right. Well, and and, and I I want to be really clear. I do not believe the officers woke up that day and said, how are you going to mess with these guys? Benjamin, hold that thought. Can you stick with us and talk further on this matter? Absolutely. All right, great. More with uh, Benjamin here from goodmendosomething.org. That's the website. It's good information on there, plus the original video that that he's talking about here, where you can see what happened. Uh, Goodmendosomething.org. We'll come back with more with Benjamin and find out what happened in court yesterday, because there's some outrageous quotes from these jurors you're going to want to hear. Free Talk Live. A technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring in what you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us 
on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. The webcam is one of them. You can go and interact with other listeners because the chat room is built into the same page as the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to experience all that for free, cam.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. We've got uh, Benjamin Bartholomew on the line here. He's one of the guys, uh, one of the two brothers behind goodmendosomething.org. It's a site that uh, they started at some point last year after being arrested on the side of the road. They were on an overpass in California holding a huge sign that read taxes equal theft. And they had intended to go out and do some basically, you know, outreach to to get the taxes equals theft meme or idea out into people's minds. And that was all their intention was. They were wearing some V masks because, well, I don't know, I guess they wanted to wear some masks. And the cops didn't like that very much. So they showed up. And I, I think the cops would not have liked it had whether they were wearing masks or not. They didn't like the idea that their the suggestion was that their paychecks were funded uh, through theft. Uh, so they actually came out and debated uh, with the brothers about the issue of taxes and coercion and things like that. And it was all caught on video. They uh, asked a number of questions and maybe didn't get the answers they were looking for, specifically uh, sort of a, a question about whether or not they had identification on them. It wasn't said that the identification was required or anything like that. It was just asked of them if they had it. And they uh, responded that they did not because they didn't. It wasn't a lie. And Benjamin is back with us here to talk more about the event uh, as it happened, but also the trial that occurred yesterday, almost almost a year uh, from the original arrests. And uh, and what all has transpired? Have I recapped appropriately, Benjamin? Yeah, yeah. So tell me more here. Uh, so you guys were arrested. They actually ended up dropping the being in public with masks on charge. They dropped the because affixing- it, it didn't apply. It was intended for people that were trying to hide their identity, and you didn't hide your identity. You told them who you were. Right. You even lifted the mask up at one point, showed them who you uh, who you were, and uh, and so then they dropped that charge. They dropped the uh, the sign charge, and they hit you with another charge, which is essentially the equivalent of obstructing justice. They called it delaying an officer. When you actually look at the when you look at the the details on that law in California, it talks about obstructing. So it's a very similar charge to what I was charged with uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire. But I sat in front of a police car. I I literally did obstruct them, and I did so on purpose. You know, when they were arresting a friend of mine, I decided to stand in the way of a police car. And I got charged essentially with the same crime. I got sentenced to a year in jail with nine months suspended, three months actually in the pokey, ended up spending two on a good time thing, because here in New Hampshire it's two-thirds good time rules. I was out after two months. But I just the idea that here in New Hampshire I sit in front of a police car and essentially get the same criminal charge as you did when you did absolutely nothing intending to obstruct anybody you're standing on the side of the road holding a sign one of the most classic forms and telling the truth when the officer asks you a question right and one of the most classic forms of protest that you can find in uh, in this country standing on the side of the road holding a sign I mean that's it doesn't get much more typical uh, as far as protests than uh, than that does it's just outrageous what happened to you. So you had the, the, the jury trial. What happened? Well, okay, so we have video of the entire encounter from the moment 
the, the first officer arrives on scene and asks his first question, which was, what does the sign say, to uh, just like a couple seconds before they put handcuffs on us, because that's when the video ends. Um, but the jury was only allowed to see the very first minute and about 10 or 15 seconds from the time the officer gets there to the time, um, you know, he asks if we have RDs on us by chance, essentially. So they don't know the entire context of what happened. And what now, was there? What was the state's objection to showing the full video? Uh, the judge, uh, you know, I, I'm not in the the room where they're arguing this stuff, uh, but to my understanding, the judge considered it hearsay uh, <laughs> because the 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 portion that we were being charged with was that first, you know, little section, and so what does the rest of it have to do with that first little bit? You know, the obstructing portion comes there. What does the rest of it have to do with that kind of a thing? Wow. Why do they need to see what happened afterwards? Either we obstructed right there or we didn't, um, which in some ways helped us just, you know, and in some ways didn't, obviously. Uh, I, I don't know. But, uh, and, and the, jury, the jurors were given really good instructions because here's, here's, here's where it comes down to. If we were detained, the officer arrived, right, like we were waving around a gun, and detained us, and, uh, you know, had good reason to be asking us for our ID, and then we said no, then we had violated that law. But, but you weren't detained. But we weren't, well, according to the officer, we were detained. The mo- he said, the, this is, hopefully we'll, we weren't able to record the trial, that's a whole other thing, <laughs> but... But the officer, when he was questioned by our attorney, when did the detention start? The officer said, the moment I asked them for their ID, Mm. which makes no sense. Yeah, that makes no sense because you would have been, you know, the de- okay, so you're required to give the, your ID when you're detained. You haven't been told you're detained by any stretch of the imagination. And they don't have to tell you he that. didn't ask you for your ID. I mean, that wasn't the right. question. The question was, do you happen to, by chance, have your ID on you? The only answer that you could give him, because it's the only truthful one, is no. So, I mean, I just, I don't understand how these mouth-breathing morons on the jury couldn't get this. Well, and I feel bad saying that because they were given such limited information. You know, I... I, look, you can only be responsible to answer the questions that people ask you. Or you could always a- answer the question with another question. Obviously, this is in hindsight. But not, in this, not in this circumstance. Well, and I'll, I'll, you could I have said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you could have said, I, do I have an obligation to have ID on me? I can tell you what the DA... Well, and, and, and here's the lesson learned, and I, I hope everybody out there learns this. You, I made the wrong assumption that these officers happen to be curious about something strange, because this doesn't normally happen in my area happening in their area and wanted to find out, hey, what's going on? And so I was willing to give them some information and answer some of their questions. The lesson learned here is the moment a police officer comes up, you either keep your mouth shut or you start off by asking, am I being detained? Am I being detained? Because we only asked if we were being detained or arrested towards the end when it became clear that we were probably about to be detained or arrested and they never answered us Hmm. when we asked that. But don't answer questions from the police, no matter what, unless you, you know, ask if them, are, am I being detained? Otherwise, this can happen to you. 
that that's the lesson I've learned. And, and if you're not being detained, then go ahead and pack up your sign and leave the scene. Would that would that be the right thing to do? Do you think in it, your case? I wouldn't have. Well, it depends. For instance, looking back in hindsight, obviously, had the officers told me, "Hey, your sign is illegal," right? Maybe they didn't tell me a penal code or something, but they say, "Hey, specifically," and I have it on camera, "Your sign is illegal." I may have packed it up and said, okay, fine, I'll, and I'll go home. And then I would have found out, oh, it's not illegal and you lied to me. And then I can, you know, go back with that. But I'm not going to debate law with them there. I don't want to, you know, be arrested or right. anything. Uh, I'll have them on camera saying something untruthful, and that'll be the end of it. Um, but the officer said he didn't have a problem with our sign, and he didn't think it was against the law. So why would I have packed up my sign and left mm, at that point? Yeah. yeah, none of it makes any sense at all. Uh, so essentially were, what the jury has done here is made California a stop and ID state that the police officer can see people going down the street and decide he wants to ID them just in case and you have to yeah and if you don't have your ID it's obstructing uh, Benjamin hang on would like to continue this conversation do you have time Yep. More coming up here. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe you have a question for Benjamin and uh, what's, you know, about what his situation is. I want to read some of these quotes from the jurors that are cited in this newspaper article about it. It's absolutely outrageous. Coming up, Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, You can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453. Sacral CAI toll-free line tonight here. It's Ian. And Mark. And uh, you can join us over at freetalklive.com. If you would like, you can visit the bulletin board system, get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners there. bbs.freetalklive.com takes you there. And you can also, besides posting messages, you can read uh, the show notes that we have. So the different items that we use on the air, uh, you'll be able to link to those over at bbs.freetalklive.com. We have uh, Benjamin on with us here from uh, California. He's Benjamin Bartholomew, one of the Bartholomew brothers who uh, have been both charged with the dastardly crime of standing alongside the road and holding a sign. Well, that's actually not the name of the charge. Uh, that's what they were doing at the time that they were arrested, was holding a taxes equals theft sign on an overpass. They weren't obstructing any traffic or getting in anyone's way. Just holding a sign as, you know, should be a right to do as a supposedly free person who yep. has freedom of speech and, you know, the right to assemble and all that stuff. Uh, so that's what they were doing. The cops stopped. They uh, asked him some questions. The guys were wearing V-masks at that time. They were more than happy to raise their masks to show their identities, show they weren't trying to conceal their identities. But when asked for identification or asked if they happened to have identification on them, I think was what the question was uh, from the, the police officer, they answered truthfully. The answer was no. And it ended up being that's what they were charged with was a so-called crime of delaying a police officer is also known as obstructing justice the suggestion being that because they didn't have government id on them that therefore the police officers had a more difficult time ascertaining who they were and so therefore that's a criminal act according to the state of california and they need to be looking at a year in jail and a thousand dollar fine because of it 
And apparently the jury agrees with the state of California. Let me give you some excerpts here. We'll, we'll bring Benjamin back on to, uh, to comment on these. But this is from the Appeal Democrat, which apparently the local uh, newspaper there in Yuba County, California, appeal-democrat.com. Juror Roman Ontivero said the jury believed the brothers should have simply cooperated with Yuba County Sheriff's Deputy Kenny Sulls when questioned last year. Ontiveros, the juror, said, quote, I think the brothers should have just let it go. The bigger issue of free speech is a hot topic. It's important to think about. But at some point, we all need to watch where we walk. The hell does that mean? That's what I'd like to know. Benjamin, in California, you're still on with us here from goodmendosomething.org. What does it mean when he says we all need to watch where we walk? Well, like I said, the jurors only got limited information. But essentially, what I think this shows is that the system as a whole has done a very good job of conditioning people to believe that if an officer asks you something, no matter what it is, you need to tell them. Mm -hmm. No matter what the circumstances are, you need to tell them, or else you're doing something, quote-unquote, wrong. Right. Right. You'd think if it was a law that you had to carry an ID, that there would be a law that you had to carry an ID. I mean, that the legislators of the great state of California would have gotten together and voted at least in a majority, if not in a a supermajority, and said, yes, every citizen in the state of California must have an ID on them. And they must produce it in the first moment that they're asked for it. But this, you know, this is just a new law created by the 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 prosecution and and with the, the jury completely complicit in well, this. And, you know, people that look at the police state and, and how there have been more and more, you know, intrusions into our privacy and our personal lives by the police departments around the country, it, it's not a surprise to see things going in this direction. This is what the police ultimately want. They want you to have your papers on you at all times so you can be easily identified and snatched up if there's a warrant out for you or whatever. They're going to have their excuses for this. And so I'm sure the police department is just absolutely loving this. You know, this this wasn't a law. It still isn't a law. It oh, yes, never it is. Passed. <laughs> it's, well, but now effectively it's precedent. It is. Right, but right. Now it's precedent in the court. And uh, so effectively it has become a law. And, of course, you guys didn't know it. You, did, you know, it wasn't a law before your trial. But wait a second. But, you guys had an attorney. What would you pay for an attorney? I mean, mm. w- was this not pa- brought up? No, it was all brought up. The, the jury just oh, didn't seem to care, including the fact, including the fact that um, that, we, that the officer claimed to have been investigating us for wearing a mask illegally and a sign. He admitted that oh, those weren't against the law, and he knows better now, and he should have known. The officer admitted so on the, the stand officer. that 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 you weren't breaking those laws, and he should have known better. But no, we'll go ahead and charge him with something else entirely, this nonsense uh, obstructing charge for not having identification on them. Yeah. Because we we can't possibly admit we were completely wrong uh, because in government – being in government means you don't have to say you're sorry. Apparently you don't. And now you're facing a year in jail. Another quote from a juror, if I may, here. Uh, Ontiveros – again, this is the same juror that we quoted earlier – said the jury's decision was easy. And said the brothers should have used better judgment when dealing with law enforcement. Don't you know, Benjamin, that if you don't do what the cops say, you're going to go to jail? We'll teach you a lesson, buddy. They didn't even say it. This is what baffles the crap out of me. The cops didn't say, 
son, give me your ID, or son, where is your ID? They said, do you, by chance, happen to have your ID on you? There is only one way for them to have answered that, and that's no. Apparently, I- it doesn't matter how it's said. They'll just do right, it's an they intimation. Want. Rick Doherty, Doherty, D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y, Doherty, another juror, said the only difficulty he had voting to convict was the fact that as a Wheatland resident himself, he knows the family. Now, I'm not sure if you're supposed to be allowed on a jury if you know the person who's at the trial. But nonetheless, he said he believes the Bartholomews are good kids and from a wonderful family. That was his only issue in uh, in voting guilty. But he goes on to say, we felt they should have cooperated with the officer. They were told they were doing two things wrong and were asked for their identification. Whether or not uh, – uh, let's see here. Whether or not it was true, we felt they should have cooperated. And what he's talking about there – they were doing something is, wrong. Right, whether or not the cops so they, were right. Actually, the cops were doing something wrong for trying to stop somebody from doing something wrong that wasn't wrong. However, those people that weren't wrong were wrong for not having cooperated with – you know, supposedly cooperated with a police officer. Right. I mean it's insane what kind of – I mean what kind of gas were they pumping in? To this jury uh, room. And I'll tell you what, it's the same gas they pump into every jury room because there's no gas. It's just normal human behavior and the way that they bow to authority. State educated, state indoctrinated, raised by the state. I mean, these people, the state media and influencing them throughout their whole lives. These people had the opportunity to set you guys free for the, from this nonsense and they just went in lockstep with whatever the state people wanted despite this just ludicrous well, case this, and this is what confuses me you know you mentioned well, what did my lawyer bring up and all that and, and that all got brought up and even the judge uh you know part of the judge's instructions was clearly setting out all the elements that had to be proven and so they were so quick i was like oh cool we i guess we must have won oh man uh because because here's the thing <laughs> The jury instructions, I, I forget how many, it's like 23 pages of stuff, including several pages of them saying, okay, X, Y, and Z have to happen plus Q if you're going to convict on this, mm-hmm. which, based on the jury instructions, uh, the, I, I was like, well, there's no way they, they, can't, they can't possibly do it. So they clearly just heard the jury instructions, didn't bother to double-check yep. the jury instructions, as far as I'm concerned. They went in there and said, oh, yeah, they're guilty. Look, they These bad little boys something. didn't do what they were told. The teacher came out and told them what to do, and they didn't do mm. it, so they're bad. I mean, that's the kind of simple-minded stuff they yeah. did. And and I've seen it over and over and over again, where juries don't pay any attention to the obligation, quote-unquote, that they have as a, as a juror. They just, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing to me. Pro- uh, prosecutor, district attorney says, we've now always said this was never about the First Amendment. Protest to the legislators, not the blue-collar cop just doing his job. He can't do anything about it anyway, said the prosecutor. You don't pick on the help. You go to the boss. Pick on the not help? <laughs> this is so stupid. I mean, they, me they answered the question. Go to the cops. Right. It's not like we went to the police station and said, hey, did you know taxes equal theft and you're the enforcement <laughs> right. arm of this? We were out there, and they came to us. Yep, that that, that really baffles me. And oh, by the way, uh, when we do our activism, we do it in our county, Yuba County, then in in the local county, Sutter County, Placer County, and Sac County. We do protest in Sac County, so we already do what he's anyway. That 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 quote really bothered me.
you know, uh, I know you guys are looking at up to a year in jail. You're, you think that the judge is on your side, according to our conversation off the air, and so we'll see what the actual penalty is. It's your first time being convicted of something, yes? Correct. So that's going to be in your favor. Hopefully you'll end up just with a suspended sentence so you can get the hell out of California, because I know you guys are both uh, Free State Project participants, right? No, Absolutely. Because if they, if they give you probation, then you're likely going to be stuck there, as usually terms of probation are that you can't leave the state. So hopefully you'll end up with just, you know, a small fine and uh, suspended sentence. Are you planning on appealing this? Oh, yeah. How much Definitely. have you spent on the lawyer so far? So far, just our retainer. And, and that's it. And that is? Thousand. Several thousand dollars. Several thousand dollars. Benjamin, keep us in the loop, will you? Absolutely. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. GoodmenDoSomething.org, their website. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number is 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. You can. One of those features is to get involved in the site by submitting new content to it. There's always something fresh on the site, but that's not because of any effort of ours. It's because of you who have taken the time to look online, find something you think is interesting, and submit it over at freetalklive.com. It's called uh, show prep. So you submit show prep to the site, and then other listeners can vote whether they like or dislike what you've suggested. And the most liked make it to the front page in the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. So head over there and get interactive. We, By the way, for those of you just tuning in, uh, we spent a good portion of the last hour talking with Benjamin Bartholomew. And we've been talking with uh, Benjamin and his brother over the last about a year, uh, ever since they were arrested in California, Yuba County, where they were holding sign a sign, a very large sign, but a sign. Eleven pieces of poster board. That uh, said taxes equals theft on the side of the road and actually on an overpass. Uh, so that's why you want it to be a big sign so people can read it. Sure. So driving by. Heading along pretty quick. And, of course, uh, you know, government people have a problem with people – some of these government people have a problem with uh, with those of us little folk going out there and protesting. So they stopped to – We, the cattle and the, and yeah. the, uh, the, the human livestock farm that is the government. They stopped to uh, inquire about their identification because they were wearing masks, even though they were more than happy to take their masks off and reveal who they were. Uh, that wasn't good enough. They wanted them to have ID on them and inevitably ended up charging them after charging them with a couple of other things and then dropping those charges. They charged them with dis, uh, with essentially obstructing. Uh, th- th- when you read the statute, it's basically an obstructing statute. Anything that you do that could delay an officer in his investigative duties is a misdemeanor offense and punishable with up to a year in jail and a $1,000 fine. And each of the brothers who were charged with this and each of them were found guilty by a jury of their so-called peers who 
were clearly didn't pathetic. read the jury uh, instructions and clearly don't give a damn about what the Constitution says or care anything, give a whit about uh, any semblance of freedom. Because their basic position, the jury's position was essentially, this is one of the jurors, we felt they should have cooperated with the officer. They were told they were doing two things wrong and were asked for their identification. doesn't matter to them that they're good kids who come from a wonderful family, as one of the jurors uh, Or that the said. two things that they were supposedly doing wrong, they weren't doing wrong. He says uh, whether or not those were, that was true, they should have, we felt they should have cooperated says the jury. So it doesn't matter to them if the if the cops are completely full of it, if they're just, you know, making stuff up. You should do what the cops say because, you know, they're cops and you should do whatever it is they say because that's how things should be. Officer Goody Two-Shoes doesn't know his doesn't know the difference between crap and chocolate ice cream, but you should do what he says. Like, you know, he he barely clawed his way out of high school, but you should do what he says. Yeah, he doesn't know the law. He, he, does, he doesn't care about the law. The law is of no concern to him whatsoever. Obedience is what's the concern here. And these jurors went right along with it. That's right. Ontiveros, the other juror, one of the other jurors, says the big issue, the bigger issue of free speech is a hot topic. It's important to think about. Yep. You can, th- Just, you can you think, can think about Think it. about the, the issue of the free speech. But at, but at some point, we all need to watch where we walk. What does that mean? My interpretation of that is that, uh, yeah, you know, it's fine. Free speech, cool. Yeah, you know, that's good. But you shouldn't be offending the police. I mean, you, if you're going to have free speech, you should at least have the police's permission to have it. And as a perfect example of this, uh, I saw another video that's relating uh, to this out of our, from our friends in Orlando, uh, John Kurtz and the uh, activist crew down in Orlando. They got a good group of guys down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Orlando Cop Watch, I believe, is the YouTube channel where you can find this. It's video of guys handing out information at the Orlando, I believe the courthouse there, which in some cases has been a very dangerous activity down there where uh, Julian Heichlin and others have been charged with uh, with criminal acts of jury tampering and are looking at six months in jail just for handing stuff out. These guys weren't arrested for handing stuff out at the courthouse, but what they were told was, well, <clears throat> you need to uh, you need to move over here in the free speech zone. I'm not kidding you. They used that term. The cops used the term free speech zone on camera and told these folks, okay, you, you got to go over here in the free speech zone. And one of the guys says, well, is there anybody that walks by the free speech zone? It's like, the cops like, oh, yeah, plenty of people walk by. And then they do a great job in the video of juxtaposing how many people were walking by in the beginning of the video where they're out in front of the courthouse yeah. where everybody's walking by. And then they go back into this free speech zone. It like, looks like it's in an alcove somewhere behind the courthouse. <laughs> there's, a, there's red tape that has been put on the ground in a relatively small rectangle. I would say <laughs> you might be able to – if you had a bunch of people in there, maybe there, you could fit – 10 to 15 people in this rectangle and they're out kind of in like in a big paved area kind of a square in the back of the courthouse where there's this little rectangle in the center of the square so no one is anywhere near them when you make peaceful descent impossible you make violent and uh, descent uh, inevitable I mean, this is this is a quote from their leaders. I don't support that. I don't either. Viewpoint. I'm just making the point that the, you know I think that this is a truism. I think that this is a true statement. When you finally manage to snuff out freedom of speech, and they come closer and closer every day. It's somebody out there listening to the, my voice 
heard this week somebody say, well, it's a free country. And I'd like to challenge that. Mm-hmm. If you believe that the United States is the freest country on earth, because we'll get, we get told that now and then. Well, you know, it may, you know, we may be losing our freedoms at a breakneck pace, kid, but it's still the freest country on so earth. So shut up and enjoy it. And I'll tell you what, you've got no evidence to back that up. None. Uh, There's all kinds of you. evidence to the contrary. Right. This isn't the freest country on earth. It, it ranks at it's what? It's the most like prosperous. 40, what does it rank? 47 in, uh, I don't even know if that's true. I don't even know if that's true. I, what about I, Hong Kong? It, 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 what about Singapore? Saying, uh, per capita? Yeah, I don't know. If you look at the country as a whole, it's a large nation versus Singapore, which is a small I nation. Mean per capita. Uh, I'm only saying that the United States is the largest marketplace. How's that? It's it's reaching. No, it's not. It's huge. Okay, but that doesn't mean anything, right? Like in comparison, that doesn't mean it's the most successful. It doesn't mean it's it doesn't most mean free. that it much mean to anything. you as an individual. It, it doesn't mean anything. And besides, China's larger anyway. Yes, but it's not as large of a marketplace, and it hasn't yet uh, reached the the status the United States has. Give them time. They're they're moving in the right direction. Right. They're getting more free over in China. They've got a long way to go to even get to the point of uh, lack of freedom the United States has. But in some ways, it's It's not a police state in a lot of ways there, according to Gene, the Christian anarchist, who's been a regular visitor to China. I I don't know if he told me they just recently started carrying guns, the, the local cops, as they're walking around. But they don't even have last I heard they didn't have any firearms (laughs) firearms <laughs> so that's a lot less intimidating to I me think to some extent it's cultural too well whatever it's yeah. a lot less intimidating in in my book uh so i'm not looking to move over to china me neither me neither because you know, i feel like we can make a difference here if we actually try if people actually do more than just throw up their hands in frustration stick their head in the in the sand and pretend like it's all going to be fine this jury is great evidence that people are not going to do that no they certainly aren't this is one of the reasons i picked up and moved for the free state project is this kind of uh, you know lockstep myrmidonism out there people that just they don't get it these jurors are typical they don't get it they don't want to get it they want you to shut up when you try to explain it to them right these guys are upset that they even have to be in this courtroom like look why why couldn't you bartholomew brothers have just done with the police why couldn't you have just been good little citizens and had your identification on you because they didn't and because uh, they weren't in their cars they'd walked there or they'd driven their car and left their id in their car and walked to the to, either way they didn't have it on them so why couldn't you have just been good little boys and done what we do and carry our i carry your id at all times so you could have just shown it to the officer and done exactly what they told you to do that way we didn't have to be here and take a day off from work or take a day off from being off of work and have to go to this damn courthouse today it's all your fault you bartholomew brothers it's right. your fault how dare you go on the side of the road and not carry id and it doesn't you know and, and this it's amazing to me but people actually say that kind of stuff instead of saying to the uh, the prosecutor, what in the hell are you thinking about? Right. Not only do we, we the jury, not only find the uh, defendant not guilty, but we excoriate the prosecution. Right. We, we, we are oh, going to go awesome. in front of the media and we are going to say that we cannot believe the waste of tax money that this person <laughs> has. We should run them out of town on a rail. Wish I lived in that world, Mark. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line, but that would take some courage and knowledge and the willingness to accept. 
Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number is 855-453. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And those website features include our mobile site. For those of you with a smartphone, you like... To quickly access our broadband or midband or narrowband streams, they're all linked over at m.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can link to the software that you need for your phone to make them happen, make it play. So go to m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver all the time uh, as a pres- uh, these precious metals, uh, whether it's a hedge against inflation, investment, barter currency. And we've teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some really some really great rates. Go check out gold.freetalklive.com. Check out all the pieces and coins that we have over there uh, for you, available for you to, to price comparison. And when you purchase gold or silver from free talk, gold.freetalklive.com, you help Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, 855-450-FREE. Talking about some disappointing jury decisions and most of them that I've seen are pretty disappointing. There was the one major win that we uh, that act, the activist community had, but it was down in Massachusetts, of all places, where uh, Pete Nadamo from CopBlock.org managed to beat some felony wiretapping charges in front of a jury. So they're not all completely hopeless, but usually the only hope you really have when it comes to a jury is that there will be one person on the jury who's willing to act on their conscience. Yeah, the, the biggest hope you seem to have, largely, is that's, that, they can ha- that you can hang the jury. Correct. The idea that you're going to get a jury to find you not guilty, it's pretty rare, although I did get a not guilty on one of my two charges uh, when I was in front of the jury, but that same jury found me guilty of obstructing justice. You obstructed justice. I'm sorry. I mean, you yeah. knew that you were... You know, I'm not, that's not a good example. Uh, any, anybody in their right mind... But they right did mind, find me not guilty on the one charge. That's because you didn't do it. I mean, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, the jury had no... No choice. I don't know, Mark. I think that the one thing that you had and you didn't play it that hard was the uh, New Hampshire's right to revolution clause. Um, You know, I mean, that was the one thing is, look, I've got a right to revolt. Here's what a right is and lay it on down, 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 down. Now, of course, this is hindsight. Hindsight is a lot more clear than than the way things go. They screwed your uh, your case uh, left, right and center. But the jury didn't really have a choice. The jury didn't do anything bad in your circumstance. Well, I think they did. They sent a peaceful person to, uh, to jail, and right. I don't think juries should be sending peaceful people to jail. The jury followed the law as they understood it. But what they should and be doing is following are you telling their me conscience. That you, are you telling me that you think that people should be able to lay in front of cop cars whenever they darn well feel um, like it? Yeah, if the cops are doing something wrong, well, well, absolutely. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter whether the cops are doing something wrong. It only matters if the person thinks that the cops are doing something wrong. 
Well, right. What I want to find is I want to have juries where people think the cops are doing something wrong when they're aggressing against peaceful people. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if we had jurors who were willing to do what you suggested earlier and stand up and excoriate the prosecutor for going after a peaceful people? This was in this, this circumstance uh, where we're talking about with the Bartholomew brothers, the jury should have excoriated them because the the even the terms of breaking the law weren't met. I mean, there were there were a hundred different dangling loose ends in this case. You obstructed Constructed justice as per the definition. No, there was of no the... justice going on there. They All were right. arresting a peaceful person, Mark. This is what I'm trying to say. Actually, your jaw wasn't even obstructing justice. It was uh, obstructing the, the government uh, administration. Government administration. It's the same charge. Yeah, but but that's you same absolutely thing. did obstruct government administration as per the definition of the charge. I don't care about what the definition of the charge says. I'm talking about the conscience of human beings and the idea that these jurors would allow anyone, whether it's me or the Bartholomew brothers or somebody with possession of marijuana or whatever, there's all kinds of laws that say all kinds of stupid things. I would like to live in a world where the jury looks at the law itself and says, this is nonsense, or looks at the case and says, well, I don't care what the law was broken. I don't care what the law says. I don't believe in putting people Peaceful people behind bars, not guilty. It's, that's it's the beautiful. world I want to live in. It's beautiful, but you haven't gotten there yet, and you're not even close no, to it. No, and that's but why the we... difference between you and the bar to put your case and the Bartholomew brothers' case in the same sentence doesn't even make any sense. Well, that's no, what I didn't I'm put saying. It in the same sentence. What I was saying earlier was that their case is even more outrageous Much than more. my case because I did make the choice to sit in front of a police car, and they didn't choose anything about interacting with the police. The police came and harassed them. So there's a huge difference between the cases, but in both cases, no one peaceful, you know, no one was harmed. There was no victim in any shape or form. The only victims were the people who were aggressed against by the police. The Bartholomew brothers were the victim. Heike Corser was the uh, the victim who I was attempting to prevent from being kidnapped when I stood in front of that uh, stood and sat in front of that police car. And so that's the point I'm trying to make here. I want to live in a world where there's a chance somebody's going to show up on a jury and say not guilty based on their conscience. And if we get enough people together in the same place, as we're attempting to do with the Free State Project, that could become more of a possibility. I mean, we want to bring 20,000 like-minded, liberty-oriented people all to the same geographic location. And if all those people have, uh, you know, are registered to vote or have a driver's license, then they're in the jury pool. And when one of them gets chosen... For that jury pool, they're far more likely than the average juror to vote their conscience, to know what jury nullification is and not just know what it is, but actually do it to actually nullify. I would love to see that start to happen. But you have to be in a place, in a, in, a, in a location where there's a concentration of people who understand jury nullification before you'll even have a shot at seeing that happen. And it sounds to me like California ain't going to be that place anytime soon because these jurors in this case are absolutely pathetic. They're an embarrassment to the idea of free speech. They're an embarrassment to the idea of, uh, you know, respecting peaceful people's rights. Well, maybe they're scared of the cops, too. I mean, the possibility I exists. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, one of the jurors even knew the family and, and you it's know, crazy. found them guilty without reading the... I mean, how is that going to... Here's what's going to be amazing is, is if these guys appeal it and justice is served because these people didn't follow the, the jury the You mean if the Supreme Court overturns? Uh, likely it's going to be some appellate uh, court True. first. Uh, appellate court overturns this conviction or, or whatever. And then the jury at that point is shown to be a bunch of myrmidons. Then what's it going to be like for the family? Not at that point. The person can't even fall back on. I was doing what was right. 
You know, I mean, it's it's sad. It really is. I mean, it's sad how this is what the government does. It pits people against each other. These kids weren't doing anything wrong to anyone. Nope. And I mean, one of them, by the way, I saw on their Facebook profile, one of the Bartholomew brothers, he's dressed in his Boy Scout uniform. This guy looks like he's an Eagle Scout or something like that. Yeah. They just said they're going to send him to jail for up to a year. It's all up to the judge, of course, how long these guys are going to go to jail if they go to jail at all. It could be it could just be a fine, but it could be a year in jail on this. He could want to send a message to the rest of California that you better carry your ID on you at all times because a cop might ask you for it. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Unless you think it's not. Unless you think this is a good thing. Like, yeah, we need to live in a world where everyone at all times has government papers on them and can be asked of them by any government bureaucrat with a badge. Maybe you want to live in that world. Maybe you're excited about this court decision. I want to hear from you if, the, if you're out there. 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. I'm sure there are states where that's the case, but you would think if that were the case, then the, you know, the, the legislators of the state would have decided that that's what one needed to do. This jury just... Made it up on their own. We've already got Philly and New York City, at least, probably more places than we realize, Mark, that have stop and frisk, where the police are going out, stopping random people on the street, or random people, probably stopping poor people, black people, and Hispanic people, but uh, they're stopping people on the street and frisking them and patting them down. It's only a matter of time before it's stop ID and frisk. 855-453, the SACL CAI. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number here, 855-453, SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com, we've got a lot of stuff on the site, including news updates. You can get signed up and follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method works best for you, all free. It'd be a good way to keep in the loop with what's going on with Free Talk Live. You can do that over at news.freetalklive.com. And again, that's news.freetalklive.com. As we continue here and to kind of shift gears uh, back to more police-focused activities, we had a lengthy discussion last night about a situation involving uh, some yeah, I guess I presume younger gentlemen. I don't know if we actually get their their ages uh, in this article, but a couple of guys driving a PT cruiser coming back from a Star Trek convention in St. Louis. They get they don't sound like a couple of seen uh, of senior citizens, do they? But then again, Star Trek has been around for a long time. Yeah, so it's true. Could be older. Could. Uh, but anyway, these they guys don't usually stop seniors uh, for uh, and harass them for pot. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, they stop these guys as they're coming back from this convention. Uh, the cop basically gets the, one of the dudes out of the car. He says to him that uh, you know he basically chews him out for having an illegal lane change or something like that, and then shakes his hand and gives him a warning. Shakes his hand, and that's supposed to be the end of the police encounter. But the cop, before he lets him go, 
essentially says to him, let me ask you a question real quick. And then proceeds to ask several questions about whether or not he's got any drugs in the car, any weapons, you know, stuff I need to know about, etc. And uh, then proceeds to bring a canine unit out, walks the dog around the car. The dog ostensibly alerts at the front of the car when it's out of the range of the the camera that the cop has in his car. Then they go through the car, spending about an hour tearing the car apart, going through their luggage, looking for whatever, and they find nothing, although the officer does claim that he found some shake, which is the bottoms of a um, bag of uh, marijuana, So found some shake right. under the seat. This insulting uh, claim that, uh, they, that he found marijuana, but then refused, but then didn't do anything about it. I mean, right. this guy takes a dog out, runs it around the car, then, quote-unquote, it alerts on the engine um, yeah. at the front of the car, and then he finds marijuana but doesn't do anything about That's it? That's the suggestion. And I mean, this guy's really sloppy, right? I mean, he's they're, they're, there's, these kids are swerving all over the road, which of course they claim they didn't do. Right. He pulls them over for it, gives them a warning, then he takes a dog, finds marijuana, and doesn't do anything about it. Right. And uh, there's the article here from Radley Balco over at HuffingtonPost.com goes into uh, asset forfeiture and how cops, uh, police departments across the country are using the uh, this idea that they can just take anything they want. And it's just all they have to do is say it was uh, part of a drug drug deal. So if you've got a bunch of cash with you, psh, hope you don't get pulled over with it. Yep. Because it doesn't matter if there's any evidence of a drug deal. Just the fact that you have cash is enough. Uh, and, of course, they take people's cars. They take people's homes. There's all kinds of uh, different forms of asset take forfeiture. Take whatever they want. And then there's the drug dog. And that's where we left off last night. Because I think a lot of this information is very important. And so I wanted to make sure we focused on uh, on this. So Huffington Post showed the video of Huff's stop. Now, Huff is the uh, the victim here. He's the, the driver of the, the driver of the cruiser. Uh, to two canine experts. Gene Pappett is executive director of Canine Resources, a company that trains detection dogs, including police dogs. And Pappett found a number of problems with the way Officer... Oh, God, I was told how to pronounce this correctly last night. Reich. Reichert? Yes. Reichert. Officer Reichert handled his dog. Just before the dog alerts, you can hear a change in the tone of the handler's voice, said the expert. That's troubling. I don't know anything about this particular handler, but that's often an indication of a handler that's cueing a response. Sure it is. In other words, it's indicative of a handler instructing the dog to alert, not waiting to see whether the dog will alert. Right. I mean, you have to... A dog's only as good as its handler. I mean, please, does anybody believe that this isn't the case? I mean, obviously, the dog wants to please. It's not looking to bust anybody for drugs. It's trying to find something so it gets a treat to make its master happy. Right. It wants to play with the ball. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, the the cop wants to find drugs. Otherwise, he wouldn't have pulled the dog out. So the very idea that they bring out a, uh, you know, the, the law enforcement officer himself is the one that's handling the dog so that he can find out. I mean, he might as well have a little device that he can push a button on and have the red light light up and say, hey, if the red light lights up, then I get to search. I mean, it's that simple. You also hear the handler say at one point that the dog alerted from the front of the car because the wind is blowing from the back of the car to the front. So the scent would have carried with the wind. This is the excuse of the officer, uh, Pappet says. But the dog was brought around the car twice. If that's the case, the dog should have alerted the first time when he was brought to the front of the car. The dog only alerted the second time, which corresponded to what would be consistent with a vocal cue from the handler. 
Now, Russ Jones is a former police officer with 10 years in drug enforcement, including as a canine officer. Now, Jones is a member of law enforcement against prohibition, Mm. a group of current and former cops and prosecutors who now favor ending the insane war on drugs. Here's what Jones had to say about the canine uh, actions. Quote, that dog was going to do whatever Officer Riker needed it to do. Throughout the video, the dog is looking for handler feedback, which isn't how it's supposed to work. In the 2005 case, Illinois versus Caballes, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that having a drug dog sniff the exterior of a vehicle during a routine traffic stop does not violate the Fourth Amendment. But in a dissent to that opinion, Justice David Souter pointed to mounting evidence that drug dogs aren't as infallible as police departments often claim. Souter noted a study at the state of Illinois itself used in its briefs showing that in lab tests, drug dogs fail 12.5 to 60 percent of the time. And there was another study done recently, I think, in Illinois that showed 25 percent to more than 60. Right. And and this doesn't show the uh, this isn't the real world situation. So if you put five boxes out there and you tell the police officer with the dog, go find the box that has the marijuana in it. I'll bet you that cop can find that marijuana with that dog Mm because dogs have the nose to figure that out. Absolutely. But that's something entirely different than the incentives of, hey, officer, take that dog and use it to be able to search that car legally. I mean, that's an entirely different statement. Sure is. Your thoughts are welcome at 855-450-FREE, the sickle CAI toll free You line. can't use science. You have to use, uh, you know, as to whether or not dogs can find marijuana. You better believe dogs can find marijuana. I wouldn't claim anything other than that. A hot-nosed hound, I mean, that, that it can lead you to marijuana 10 miles away. But that, it, it, the, you know, the idea that the police officers using them in the field are somehow going to do it right and just every time is absolutely ludicrous. The pre- problem isn't that dogs aren't capable of picking up the scent. It's that dogs have been bred to please and interact with humans. A dog can easily be manipulated to alert whenever needed. But even with conscientious cops, a dog without the proper training may pick up on its handler's body language and alert whenever it detects the handler is suspicious. In one study published last year in the journal Animal Cognition, researchers rigged some tests designed (laughs) to fool dogs into falsely alerting and others designed to trick handlers into thinking a package contained narcotics when it didn't. Of the 144 total searches performed, the dogs falsely alerted. Go ahead. Take a guess. I read the article. Oh, well, damn you. Uh, 123 times out of 144. That's huge. Yeah. False alerts. 123 out of 144. More interesting, the dogs were twice as likely to falsely alert to packages that were designed to trick their handlers than those that were designed to trick the dogs. So they're just doing what their handlers want them to do. Yep. Whether consciously or not. And by the way, 123 out of 144, that's 85%. It's incredible. I mean, (laughs) dogs... The dogs mess the. I should say the police officer mess, messes up eighty five percent of the time because this isn't the dog's fault. The dog is twice as effective in finding the drugs as the police officer is. Right, and if the dog if the dog or the cop or whatever screws it up, it doesn't cost them anything. Yep, they just spend an hour trashing your car, and if they don't find anything, there's no liability. It's not like you can sue them. Eight five five four fifty free. You certainly don't get your time back. One eight five yeah, and you have to pack up all the stuff and put it back in the car. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. 
You can bring up whatever's on your mind. More about police, dogs, and their searches here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. Toll-free number. Take control. Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-453, SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Like the show? Want to help support Free Talk Live? Become an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is that you can help Free Talk Live get on more great radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom because, boy, do they need it. We've got a bunch of just obedient, poor, poor, poor things out there who've really just become very, very uh, identifying with their uh, captors. Stockholm Syndrome, I think, is rampant uh, in this country. They don't realize uh, what they're doing. They don't realize that they've become complicit in the oppression of their fellow man, and it's just sad. So hopefully you can help us get the show on more radio stations so we can help at least a few more people, uh, I guess, clue in to why the ideas of liberty are still important and why we should you know, focus on them and think about them and do things in regards to them. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and you get perks like the Amp Only podcast where you don't have to listen to the usual recorded commercials that the regular podcast listeners get. Uh, we've also got the Amp Only uh, call-in lines, the Amp Only forum, and more. You can get the details and get signed up over at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, we're talking about the police dogs and the tactics uh, involved here that the sneaky tactics that some some cops are using out there to basically uh, try to uncover as many bags of pot as they possibly can well it 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 it, go, it runs the gamut from cops that are willing to use whatever technique uh, that they possibly can to get the dog to quote unquote alert because of course they're the ones who say they alerted or didn't uh, to get them to alert that you know they'll use whatever technique to the ones that just sort of you know their suspicions and the dogs uh, react to their suspicions uh, to you know just mistakes made by the dog which is huge by the way uh, this testing that has been done by the journal Animal Cognition showed the dogs falsely alerting 123 times out of 144 and that's 85%. That's right. And these are rigged uh, these are rigged tests to fool the dogs into falsely alerting and others designed to trick the handlers into thinking the package contained narcotics when it didn't. And interestingly, the dogs were twice as likely to false alert to packages that were designed to trick their handlers than those designed to actually trick the dogs. In 2011, the Chicago Tribune published a review of drug dog searches conducted over three years by police departments in the Chicago suburbs. The paper found that just 44% of dog alerts led to the discovery of actual contraband. Interestingly, for Hispanic drivers... Which means uh, 50... 6% 6% of them, uh, they didn't. False, right, false alerts. Interestingly for Hispanic drivers, the success rate dipped to 27%, again supporting the theory that drug dogs tend to confirm the suspicions and consequently the biases of their handlers. So when do the judges come to the conclusion that they can look at science here and find out that these drug dogs aren't effective ways of finding out whether or not somebody's got whatever it is that they're looking for in their car and turn around this uh, intrusion upon people's privacy guaranteed, quote-unquote, by the Fourth Amendment. 
Uh, it doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon. Slave is on the line in D.C. Calling from, uh, well, Washington, D.C. Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, great. What's on your mind? Um, first of all, I'd like to apologize that in case my question has been addressed before. It seems to me if you are if you don't if you do not submit to a, a car search, the officer uh, uses the dog to search the car anyhow. I mean, he, the dog is an employee of the police department. The officer is using the dog as a tool to search your car anyhow. Yep. That does happen, that but illegal? it doesn't always happen. Huh? That does that is a possibility, but it doesn't always happen. There's no reason to consent to a search, period, in my opinion. Right. If they're gonna bring the dog out, then whatever, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. But at least you didn't consent to the search. So there's an illegal search, right? Well, it all depends. I mean, the the idea being that the court, uh, Supreme Court, as was pointed out in this article, they decide what legal is and what legal isn't. The Supreme Court decided in two thousand five that a drug dog sniffing the exterior of a vehicle do- uh, during a routine traffic stop doesn't violate the Fourth Amendment. So, no, it wouldn't necessarily be illegal unless they went ahead and searched without the drug dog coming out first. Then it would be a pretty clearly illegal search. But there may be a case where, uh, you know, they just decide, well, you know, the drug dog's not available, so we're just going to go ahead and let you go. Too far away. There's there's no benefit uh, to consenting to a search, (laughs) in my opinion. Okay. Slave, any other thoughts? Huh? Any other thoughts you want to share? Yeah, about the... um we talked before the dogs. Um, juries. The juries, yeah, the pathetic, obedient the core, juries. The core of America is still asleep. Most of them are zombies. Mm. I've served on jury 17 times. Wow. wow. 19, since 1973. I think I've been on two good juries out of those 17. Hmm. Jeez. It's unbelievable how people think and don't. They, they just don't realize how corrupt this country is, how corrupt the government is. And they, they believe everything the government tells. So I'm curious what my experience is with juries, and this is just sitting there watching them make their decisions and that kind of thing, is that most of them just want to go home. They want to do whatever, do and say whatever it takes to get out of there as quickly as possible. Okay, so somebody's got to spend a year or 10 years in jail because I've, I need to get home to watch dancing with the stars or whatever and make dinner whatever it is that they want to get home for but that's mainly what their motivation is is that what your experience is i'd say about 75 percent of the people i've dealt with have that feeling but then you have a few who get off being on juries oh boy but they only go along with what the government says right they get off on convicting people and put just authoritarians yeah Man, slave, that's uh, that's a very depressing call. Thanks for thanks for, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for making it, man. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank you, sir. Eight five five four fifty free. You know, since he brought that topic back up, I was over on the Good Men Do Something page. We were talking yeah. about the, the Good Men Do Something and how they were convicted of uh, you know basically standing on the side of the road with signs and not carrying government ID uh, by a pathetic, obedient jury. Here's what somebody posted on their Facebook page: I'm all for personal freedom, but You guys brought this on yourselves. The officer started very calmly and reasonable. You both had a defiant attitude and wouldn't answer their questions. You were constantly talking over the officers. And just because something isn't illegal doesn't mean you should do it. Take some personal responsibility for your actions. You know, like holding signs on the side of the road and wearing masks. 
And taxes aren't theft, he says. You can argue that the tax rate is theft, but you and I get so much for our taxes. The overpass and freeway that you were standing on was tax-built. The court system which may side with you is tax-paid. To summarize, your attitude and actions brought this on yourselves. And quit with the whole you-have-a-gun-and-you're-an-authority figure accusation. They have a dangerous job that deals with bad and dangerous people all day. What's your dangerous job where you deals with jerks all day? Grow up! That's right. That's what people's attitude is. And a lot of people have that same attitude. Right. Because only adults will uh, do as they're told. Only adults will answer every single question the police ask, no matter how intrusive, no matter how illegal, no matter how oppressive. That's what adults do, right? right. Adults would never stand up for themselves. Adults would never stand up for their rights. Adults would never defy the orders of a man in a, in a robe or a, a man wearing a costume. This same person in the uh, late 1700s would have uh, sided with the king. For sure. You know, I mean, they're they're everywhere. They're authoritarians everywhere. They believe that those who are in in power somehow know more than you and I do. And the the fact is that freedom is fought for by people standing up for freedom. These kids weren't doing anything illegal, so they shouldn't have had to do anything mm-hmm. that these officers said. These officers should have been reprimanded for Trying to for for lying to these kids, telling them something was illegal when it wasn't. But no, though they're the they're the adolescents for going on the side of the road and uh, standing up for what they believe in and and protesting and and being willing to you know go to jail uh, to stand up for what they believe in. No, it's not the police who came to pick on a couple of uh, Boy Scouts. By the way, I did confirm that uh, one of them is an, a life was a life scout and the other one was an Eagle Scout. So that's like about the highest level that you can get. Life Scout I think is pretty high up. Eagle Scout familiar. is the highest level, as I understand it, that you can attain in. Uh, in scouting. No, well, I wouldn't so, I wouldn't be able to say I know the Eagle Scout's high, but a Life Scout may be higher for all I know. I believe Eagle Scout is the highest, but uh yeah, yeah, they're not grown up though. No, 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 no. No, no. You need to obey. Then you'll prove that you're a grown up. Right. I mean, I guess that what that means is that the uh, the founding fathers of the nation weren't a bunch of grown-ups either. You know, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, mm. uh Thomas Jefferson, these guys weren't uh, grown-ups either. Mahatma Gandhi uh, Martin Luther King, just a pain in the butt. You know, the quote from the uh, the, the St. Augustine sheriff or police chief when uh, Martin Luther came to, uh, Martin Luther Jr. came to town was, oh, there's people aren't about peace. There's noise all around them. <laughs> I mean, you know, as if peace, uh, placid, and nonviolence mean the same thing. Like a word can't have two meanings. Toll-free number 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything you want. Hour three's next. It's Free Talk Live. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Mm, That's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. 
Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves here at 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And joining you here in the studio tonight, it's Ian and Mark. And by the way, over on that site, freetalklive.com, you can actually control the content. So what you can do is submit different things to the site that you find online that you think are interesting, useful, fun, whatever you think our listeners will enjoy. And then other listeners vote, and you get to vote as well. And the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site. So there's always something fresh over at freetalklive.com. But it's all thanks to you. If you uh, and our other listeners wouldn't participate in the site, it'd be really awful. So (laughs) go to freetalklive.com and do feel free to get interactive there. As we continue uh, taking your phone calls about whatever you want, and then also we'll get back into drug dogs and other naughty police roadside tactics First, John is in northern Minnesota listening to WNMT. Hello, John. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I have a quote here by Abraham Lincoln. Okay. He said, to sin by silence when they should protest makes cowards out of men. That's a good quote. Too bad he didn't live up to his own standards in that case when he uh, actively silenced um, people who were trying to speak up during... (laughs) During his administration. (laughs) Through through members of the press in jail. Well, uh, all all that, there's good and bad about everyone, but right here, I like this quote, to sin by silence when they should protest makes cowards out of men. Oh, I agree. I I agree with you. It's a great quote. And like, you know, a lot of politicians had great quotes. Ronald Reagan's one of them, but uh, look what he did. Went ahead and growed. He had all kinds of great small government sounding quotes, but went ahead and growed the government by, oh, I don't know, 70%, was it? 69%, something like that. It's in the 60s, well, I think. I, I, thanks, thanks for I sharing use, it, nonetheless. I use, I use these books like a supermicro. I, I pick out what's, what I want and leave the stuff I don't want. I heard that, man. I, like I said, I can appreciate the quote, no doubt. Anything else you want to share? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, freedom is just being uh, not taken away. We're giving it up on our own accord by not uh, standing up to the right. Absolutely. If people did stand up for themselves, then uh, we would be in nowhere near as bad a shape as uh, we currently are. I mean, yeah, if you it, don't stand for something, you fall for anything. Yeah, no doubt about it's, it. It's interesting. The juries in the past really were, you know, much better about acquitting people who appeared to be, uh, you know, not guilty. Certainly, there was color issues and all that stuff, but you know, they took their their oaths much more seriously. It seems like Americans have slipped into this. You know this 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 torpor where they just you know, they're not paying attention at all to what's happening to their government. John, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. And I I so agree with that perspective that if people would stand up for themselves, we'd have a lot more freedom. Yeah, because if people as a collective. I mean, right. in, when individuals stand up though, though in the case of the the Bartholomew brothers here is a great example. Is the, it's. <laughs> It's not even the cop. The cops couldn't do anything on their own. It's everybody 
piles onto them. They say, right. well, speaking out of one side of their mouth about the, the freedom of speech, on the other side, they say, well, you got to do what the cops say. The cops don't want you to have freedom of speech. That's why they stopped in the first right. place. Right. If, if they wanted you to have freedom of speech, they would have honked their horn and waved at you when they, uh, when they drove by. Right. Or at the very least ignored you. Um, so I think it's so important to reiterate what, uh, what he said there, though. The reason we are where we are today, collectively, in this country, this plot of land, and around the world as well, the reason we're here with oppression, taxation at crazy levels, and all manner of regulations and controls being placed on our lives, and no sign in sight of it ever stopping, is because you won't do anything. For the most part. And if you, like you said, well, like you said, Mark, if you do do something and you're all alone, well, you might as well just throw yourself under the treads of a tank. Because since most people won't do anything because they're content to just stick their heads in the sand or pretend like nothing's wrong or worse, agree with the oppression. But because most people. Well, that's who, what's convenient, though. Right. Because most people who otherwise would be interested in doing something but are too afraid or whatever their reasons are for not doing well, anything. It's your fault because if you would stand up, if you would disobey, if you would non-cooperate, if you would refuse to pay the parking ticket or refuse to pay the speeding ticket or refuse to you know, follow the stupid regulations or get the permits or get the, you know, uh, the, pay the bribes to build the extension on your house or add something to your business or whatever it is we're talking about because there's a million zillion regulations and, and stupid laws out there that are controlling us. If you would have just stopped obeying – they would not have had any control over you. Their control depends on your consent. And even if you don't agree with what they're doing, and like you could tell yourself that you don't really consent, but you're too afraid, so you're not willing to actually stand up, well, you're still consenting by well, doing nothing. Most of these people don't think they're afraid. I mean, they are really? afraid. They don't think they're afraid. They know you can dig down and show them their right. fear. Go ahead, open your business without the permits and tell me what will happen. You know what will happen. Right. Um, you, you know, but you can, show, you can show it to them, but they don't believe they're afraid. They believe that they're going along, uh, you know, because this is what's this is right. The system. This is the system. You got to do it. If you want to change it, change it from within. All the things that we've been told for, you know, X number of years. Yeah, how's that I, working? Changing it from within. I don't know how many years it was, but, you know, it's been it's been going along. The, the, the monolith has been getting bigger and people have been getting more and more educated into the system as opposed to realizing that they're the ones that stand in the in between tyranny and uh, liberty that they're the ones they are the ones i don't think people see it anymore you know why this whole change it from within the system thing doesn't work number one people that care enough are too distributed so if you actually get them together in the same place like we are here in the free state project you can actually have a chance at changing the system we're starting to see that actually happen but number two is the incentives productive people don't want to work inside the system Productive businessmen who are successful, they don't want to become politicians. So you know, these, the people that are attracted to the system are the ones who want power, They're the ones who have no talent, They're the ones who aren't constructive, They're the ones who aren't helpful, They're the ones who want to control you, They're well, the ones who want to uh, profit off of your efforts. These some, are the people who are attracted to positions of power. Some ideologues like you or I would be attracted to those positions if they were, you know, able to get them simply because they could undo what is what they see as wrong. People that see an injustice and want to have those positions. Well, sure. I mean, you can see some libertarians, for instance, who might be somewhat principled going and trying, you know, well, throwing it up against the wall to try to get two percent. 
percent. But uh, so they are out there, Mark. But it's, uh, it's true. But there are people from all sides that believe they see injustices that are going into these systems in order to undo those injustices. So there's that other aspect to it. But absolutely, there are and. Power corrupts. So right. when somebody goes in there with a principle, a principle other than undoing the injustice of the system, then they tend to get sucked into the, uh, the, the, the what is corrupt about the system. And then when somebody shows semblance of courage and stands up for what they believe in, they're shouted down, they're attacked, they are uh, you know made fun of. In some cases, by people in their own peer group. And Derek Jay is certainly no stranger to this. Uh, Derek Jay is on with us, calling from the Keene Activity Center in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, where he is now, uh, well, sequestered, basically, as, uh, as you're out on house arrest. Uh, so, unfortunately, you couldn't join us in the studio tonight, Derek. But uh, it's good to have you outside of a cage. And welcome back to Free Talk Live. Thank you. Yes, it's good to be freer. Uh, good to speak with you, Ian and Mark. I just uh, I wanted to call in quickly and update folks uh, about what was going on. Thanks for uh, covering that. I also wanted to say three cheers for the Bartholomew brothers. How brave they are to stand up for themselves at court. Yeah, and brave to do it out in California where they have very, very little support. But actually, um, they told me that apparently because we discussed it on the show – with them in the past. There were some folks from elsewhere in the uh, region. I mean, there were people that drove for hours to come to their trial wow. because they heard about it on Free Talk Live. How wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful, that but it just so shows how thin the support is in Yuba County. Anyway, go Well, ahead. so many people back down when faced with similar situations. Who, who can blame them? I mean, being surrounded by a violent gang is scary, but they're setting a great example for others to follow, so it's no surprise that uh, they're, they're gaining support. Well, and they're also Free State Project participants, so soon New Hampshire will benefit from having those two excellent activists here uh, where they can actually have people back them up and people who care about them on the outside helping out in whatever way they possibly can. You experienced a little bit of that uh, over the last week since you've been sitting in a jail cell after being attacked by a police officer who didn't like that you didn't stop on your bicycle fast enough for him as you were riding down the street last week. And the video's been posted at freekeen.com for anyone who hasn't seen it. But can you stick with us, Derek, and give us uh, kind of a recap on your week? Yeah, absolutely. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Speaking of SACL CAI, tell me more about them, Mark. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. They can account, handle accounts receivable for your business. Uh, principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live. You can uh, check out their, their new website at, uh, by going to freetalklive.com and clicking on the banner for SACL CAI. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Sickle, C-A-I. We got more coming up about uh, police dogs and sneaky police search tactics on the side of the road. But first, we go back to Derek J., our very own uh, co-host from Tuesday nights, or at least formally on Tuesday nights, because right now you're on house arrest, uh, Derek J., and uh, unless the police give you express permission, which I've actually given them a call, and they haven't called me back yet, uh, to try to get you permission to come here and, and do the uh, this radio show uh, with us, 
you won't be able to leave the house at all. Well, I guess you can go out in the yard, but that's about as far as they're going to let you go. In fact, they won't even let you go to the grocery store, which I guess, as I was telling Mark earlier, if you don't have friends or family, you might as well just go ahead and stay in jail because otherwise you're going to starve to death uh, when you're on uh, house arrest. So, Yeah, that would be the case. And I, I would, I'm pretty fearful of even stepping out into the yard because of the way I was treated um, by the last officer who interacted with me. Right, where you were actually running. I don't know if you've had a chance to see the video yet. Uh, it's over at freekeen.com, but the cop, you shot a good portion of it because you had a lapel camera on at the time as you were riding home. The cop that is in question here, he's trying to get you to pull over, and he decides that rather than be patient and wait and see what you do and maybe follow you to wherever it was you were going, which, of course, you were only going to go probably another 100 feet before you ended up getting to your, your home, uh, he runs into you with his car, opens his door, slams it into your bike, gets out, sticks his asp in your spokes of your bike wheels, stopping you from being able to ride it further, effectively throwing you off of it. When he gets you on the ground, did he punch you? Oh, yes. That's... He punched me several times with his uh, left fist as he's telling me to turn over. Wow. But, of course, he was on top of me, so it's physically impossible for me to follow his order. That's so, what I thought. I thought I saw him punching you, but I was also trying to flip my camera open as I was running up there, so I wasn't 100% positive, so I'm finally glad we cleared that one up. He punches you, not once, but several times, and then proceeds to push you into the ground, shove your head into the ground as he's calling for backup, and then every uh, seemingly every free police officer in the region uh, responds, and it's just it was an insane scene, all of it Including because he was trying— and right. so you mentioned that he put my head to the ground, but uh, most people might imagine he was using his palm and touching my forehead. Uh, but he was actually using his forearm and holding me down by my throat, wow. uh, which made it very difficult for me to breathe as I'm communicating in the video. Um, it, was, it was a scary time, and uh, I, I don't appreciate the way I was treated by Fenton uh, T. Moore. No doubt. All of this because he wanted to serve you with papers that were served on you in a peaceful manner earlier in the day, just less than an hour beforehand, and he should have known because it was announced on the two-way radios we found because we, f- we got the police scanner audio. It's recorded 24 hours a day here in Keene uh, by the activist community, and we found that out. That's right. So he should have known, and even if he didn't know, he should have done what the other officer did before you were served. The other officer called dispatch, and he said, hey, I see Derek J. here on the side of the road. Has he been served with those papers I saw on the board the other day? And the dispatch said, no, he hasn't. And so he went ahead and served you with those papers. All it would have taken to avoid all of this was for that officer, Fenton Moore, who attacked you, to just simply take a brief moment and call them. Well, also, and all after of the- all of that, after he used all of that excessive violence to serve me, he actually forgot to give me the papers that he was pulling me over to serve me with. So <laughs> he never actually did what he says that he was intending to do. I guess he doesn't have to worry about it. He had you in custody at that point. Now, I guess I have this question, Derek. Um, And the other point that I'd like to make is all that this uh, all that we would have had to have done to to avoid this is for Derek to have pulled over when the guy turned on his lights and that kind of thing, too. And my question is, what were you thinking, Derek? Uh, That's a great question. And I guess the completely honest answer is that I I wasn't thinking in the normal sense. I was reacting, and um, you know most people are familiar with the fight or flight uh, response. I am not a fighter; I am a peaceful person, 
And so when I feel threatened, I flight. And so, you know, I felt in danger for my life because a man was using a car to knock me uh, off the road with my bicycle. So uh, I, I felt in danger for my life, not only uh, because I may die of uh, being rammed by a car that's going pretty fast um, and, and me just being on a bicycle, but also because uh, the nature of a bicycle requires that a person keep one's momentum going uh, in order to not fall. So it, it was necessary for me to keep going uh, when he used that tactic. So I wish he had used words to communicate what he was uh, trying to do rather than uh, employ violence uh, and um, put my life in, in danger. What happened, but, uh, bef- I- what happened before you turned on your camera? Because by the time your camera was turned on, his siren was already on. And I think it's reasonable to speculate, and I imagine his testimony is going to be that he didn't have his siren on at first, and he just told you to pull over and you didn't, and then he turned the siren on. But what actually happened? Well, um, after kidnapping my friend Josh on the corner uh, down the street and giving him a ticket for jaywalking, Ben decided to stay on the job past his scheduled time so that he could bank some overtime at the expense of taxpayers. And what did he do at that time? Well, he stayed on the same corner where he encountered me riding my bicycle. He shouted something at me from his car, but of course I couldn't hear him uh, because he's shouting from a car and I'm on the road as a bicycle. I, yeah, it doesn't that's work. not uh, an effective way to communicate. And so I didn't hear him. And then he rammed into my bike several times with his police cruiser. It, well, how how long after he shouted at you did he flip the siren on? Because once that siren was on, there was no way you could ever hear anything he said. It, it was immediate. So, yeah, I guess I'm kind of curious here. Now, he turns on a siren. He's behind you, a police officer in a car with flashing... He was beside me when he turned on his siren. So I'm thinking he's responding to a call. And I did pull over to the side of the road. I I was off and to the side trying to stay out of his way because I'm thinking he's... But still moving, right? But still moving, right? Yes, I'm still moving, but I'm, I'm moving off to the side because my assumption is I see a police car put its lights on, I'm saying, oh, this is a man responding to a call, and so I should get out of his way. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, this is, I guess this is what confuses me, because he came up alongside of you. I could see him doing something there. He's, you know, making noises, his sirens on. Uh, there's no way in the world that I can hear it from, you know, so probably you would have a difficult time what, to hearing what he heard or what you, uh, you couldn't hear, hear what he said. So what were you thinking when a guy with a siren um, in a police officer uniform appears to be pointing towards the side of the road at you and going the same speed as your bicycle? Well, I mean, he was only didn't you think he wanted to talk to you? One time, and then he started revving his engine and, and moving it in a jerky pattern uh, to both sides of the road. At this point, I had no idea what this man was doing. He was acting like a crazed lunatic. I've never seen behavior from this uh, like this from anyone, let alone a police officer. Derek J., do you want to do you want to stick with us here? Uh, yeah, I just I real quickly want to thank we'll, everyone who's participated. We'll bring you back. Hang sport. on. More with Derek J. in moments. This is Free Talk Live. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number here for you, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe you've got a question for Derek J. He is out, unfortunately not able to be in the studio with us, but he's darn close. He's on the phone and probably only 50 feet away from the studio. That's funny. Uh, but uh, because of the house arrest provisions, we aren't sure if he can actually come join us here. So rather than risk it, uh, we're going ahead and playing it safe in this case because he's looking at quite a bit of uh, several charges over a number of arrests. And uh, probably going to be the case that Derek Jay's out of the civil disobedience game for, uh, for the immediate and foreseeable future. But it's good to have him on the outside and not sitting in a jail cell awaiting trial because it can be darn hard to prepare for a criminal trial when you're sitting in jail. I don't know if you ever tried to do this before, but uh, they don't exactly give you the best resources and uh, the access to the information that you need in order to effectively defend yourself, which actually ends up sending business into the arms of attorneys because, uh, you know, attorneys at that point can be your savior and they can come in and, you know, do all the work for you for several thousand dollars. Of course, the people that set the system up are attorneys, too. Yeah. Well, that's the whole idea, isn't it? Create a bunch of laws. Uh, so attorneys, you know, have the attorneys create the law. So the attorneys can defend people who break the uh, the, the, the laws, and uh, they, you know the attorneys can become judges and prosecutors, and <laughs> they're just all over the place, and they make lots of money at it. Derek Jay's back with us. Uh, Derek, uh, glad to have you back on uh, Free Talk Live, and hope to have you back in the studio sooner rather than later. Um, what else did you want to share about the last week of your life? Because it was a week ago today, uh, last Friday, that you were arrested violently by a police officer who was just ostensibly trying to serve you with papers, but he did it in the most violent fashion uh, possible, knocking you off your bike, hitting you, and just generally being very awful. Um, what what else do, you know was outstanding within the last week that you wanted to share? Uh, well, the the last thing I just wanted to say is a big thanks uh, to you, Ian, for covering the story of my arrest on freekeen.com and Freekeen Radio News. And thank you, Mark, for communicating with my mother. It was uh, very uh, comforting to know that uh, she was being um, filled in on the situation. And I also wanted to thank everyone who wrote to me in jail, reposted Facebook messages, made videos, edited pictures, and showed support in other ways. A lot of those people are Free Talk Live listeners, and so I want to thank them here. And it means the world to me to know that there's a community of supportive people out there, and I I just wanted to say thank you to all involved. Right now I'm preparing for four upcoming trials, Mm, including the dance party I had in Central Square, gift piece of chance marijuana arrest, the arrest of Superior Court, and now this near-death encounter uh, that I had with the especially violent police officer. And so if people are looking to follow those, all the relevant paperwork and videos are at my website, livefreeordance.com. And uh, again, props to the Bartholomew brothers that you were talking about earlier uh, this uh, episode uh, with Good Men Do Something. And I, I also wanted to mention that the arrest, it's interesting enough, happened 
on the anniversary of my moving to the imaginary geographical boundary run by a gang of thugs calling themselves the state of New Hampshire. Oh, wow. So if, if people have a crave a community, if, if you're one of these people who's hearing uh, these stories of civil disobedience and you're, you're craving a community of people that value freedom and are willing to take action to uh, make the change they want to see in the world a reality, will come join other Liberty lovers here in the Shire. And so uh, thank you again for everything. You know, just looking back on the, you mentioned the four different incidents that you were arrested for. And of course, over those four incidents, there's more than four charges. So what is it, nine charges that you're looking at? I believe it's, it's actually 14 because 14. some of them are, uh, some of them include violations, uh, which are a little bit more difficult to fight because they can't be brought uh, before a jury. So, right. Yeah, it's, it's actually uh, 14 in total. You have 14 charges you're facing. If you look at the uh, the incidents, in only one of the incidents were you really intending to do some sort of civil disobedience. Uh, there was this, the dance party that you threw. You weren't intending to be arrested that night. That wasn't something you were, you were trying to throw in the police's face. You were just trying to throw a peaceful uh, dance party that wasn't loud or obnoxious in any way, shape, or form. They arrested you that night uh, for trying to, you know, keep a hold on your your dance equipment. Uh, the the next time was the only actual incident of civil disobedience where you went out intentionally to uh, to smoke cannabis in the park, and the the police arrested you on that one. Uh, but otherwise, the other one was at the uh, the trespass arrest at the, uh, the the courthouse where you had come to accompany me, but you stayed outside the whole time where you were banned from the courthouse as I had been banned from the courthouse. And they just arrested him for being nearby. Pretty much. Which is crazy. Uh, so you weren't expecting to be arrested on that particular occasion. And then, of course, you were just riding home on your bicycle when this confusing, angry cop uh, situation happened that you described earlier. And you certainly weren't intending to be arrested there. And it just, you know, really just goes to show how intrusive the government is in our peaceful daily lives. And do you feel like they have it out for you, Derek J? Because I know some of the activists certainly seem to think that they do. Uh, is it because you're gay? Oh, I, I don't think so. I, I, I think uh, what's more threatening to um, law enforcers and the people who call themselves the state are people who are 100% committed to peaceful action. Um, I think that uh, John Lennon said that they'll um, spit in your face, flick your nose, pull your beard, and kick dirt on your uh, shoes to try and get you to fight. Mm. Uh, because once you do, then they have you right where they want you. They know how to deal with people who are violent. Yep. But the one thing they don't know how to deal with is people who are committed to peace. And, and they so start- I think that scares them. I think that uh, they attack those uh, who... Uh, threaten their legitimacy. I think that's a, a great perspective, and I definitely appreciate it. And and one of the things that scares them even more than what you just said is having multiple people like that in the same area doing those things, acting peaceful and refusing to be goaded into violence, to have a movement full of people that love the ideas of liberty and who are willing to stand up for them, like you and the Bartholomew brothers and many of our other uh, you know friends and, and brothers and sisters who have made the move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and Shire Society at ShireSociety.com and Free State Project. 
org, and it's you know we're still on the beginning cusps of all this with only a thousand people in state as part of the free state project at this point over eleven thousand have said they're coming uh but we're still waiting on many new people to arrive in fact we just had somebody new show up actually while you were in jail you got to meet daryl uh he came out to uh to welcome you back as you got out of jail today so it's always exciting to see new uh new faces and new activists showing up here and bringing new ideas into the mix and their uh their fresh perspective uh on the activism scene so it's it's just it's just going to keep getting better as more people get involved and hopefully uh, you know, despite the the challenges that you're facing, hopefully you'll continue to have support, as I know that you do. We raised the the bail money for you overnight. Uh, the, the bail was reduced by the the judge in the case from five thousand dollars to five hundred dollars with a provision of house arrest. But that was raised in literally in hours overnight. I mean, we went we put the 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 WePay thing online last night. I think a demo from Coplock.org put that up, and then when Oof. I got up this morning, it was done. So the the support is definitely out there, and uh, I, I'm I'm glad you're out there. I'm glad you're here, Derek. So thank you. Well, it's it's encouraging to have the support here in the Shire and elsewhere. Uh, your listeners are great, and so uh, thanks again, and have a great night. Oh, one more question: Are are you oh, intending? Yeah. I know you're probably going to have your hands loaded with uh, prep, prepare, uh, preparation for court. You've got jury selection coming up on Monday. Uh, any chance you're going to bring back Free Agents Radio News, or what's going on with that? Oh, that's that's one of my top priorities. It's one of the things that kept me awake at night while I was in jail was, oh, my gosh, there's peaceful resistance happening all over the globe, and I'm not reporting on it. And, mm-hmm. yes, I, I can't wait to get back into Free Agents Radio News. That is going to be one of my top priorities, even uh, amongst uh, the time I have to dedicate to preparing for trials. So people who enjoyed listening to that, uh, look forward to future episodes coming up just uh, in this week. All right, cool. So, Derek, your blog is com. That's where there's a lot of detail about your cases being posted. But I hope you'll continue to post updates and whatever it is that you feel like over at freekeen.com as well. Certainly will. Thanks, Thanks Derek Jay. We'll talk to you. Have a good night. Yep, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, Derek Jay there from livefreeordance.com. As we continue here, you can bring up whatever's on your mind, 855-450-FREE. Also, still to come, more about police dogs and sneaky search tactics by the police on the side of the road. 855-450-FREE. Still time for you and your thoughts, however. You can take control of these airwaves, and that's why we call it Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Live, and we have moments remaining, but still enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now, 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Like the show? Want to help support Free Talk Live? You can support Free Talk Live by going to promote.freetalklive.com. That's promote. 
www.freetalklive.com. You'll get a free bumper sticker if you'd like. Or download web graphics, high-res graphics. Uh, we've got banners. And you can also get flyers you can print out and post locally uh, to help promote Free Talk Live. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. And one of the ways you can contribute to Free Talk Live on our website, because, again, we give you the site for free. So if you want to help us cover some costs, you can do that using our Bitcoin tip jar, as we call it. It's our Bitcoin address. And if you want to learn more about Bitcoins, because you do have to know a little bit about them in order to be able to use them effectively, you can go to weusecoins.org. What is a Bitcoin, anyway? A Bitcoin is the world's first Potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service you've got to abide by. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world. It's it's very quick, and you don't you won't be charged any fees or anything like that. And that's the that's the big deal about spending sending money. Is basically every time you send some money, some bank is getting a cut of it. Um, not with Bitcoins. You don't need the permission of any bank or any government, and you don't have to pay for that permission. You learn that more, go to weusecoins.org. Now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. So we have more to say on the topic of drug dogs. And for those of you just tuning in, uh, we've been over the last night uh, plus tonight covering a really in-depth piece by Huffington Post Radley Balco uh, about bad cops – and uh, roadside searches and how they behave and what some of the tactics are and what it is they're up to out there. Maybe you've never had the opportunity to experience one of these things. Enjoy. Uh, but a lot of Americans have, and uh, the longer the war on drugs goes on, the more likely this will, this will touch your life or the life of a loved one. Of course, the older you get, the less, li- more li- less likely it uh, will be that it actually go after you. That's probably true, but all that said, the cops do know that sometimes elderly folks are used as drug couriers simply because they aren't suspected that that often. But uh, all that aside, we've been talking about one aspect of this, which is uh, the drug dogs and how it is that these dogs are completely unreliable and, in fact, are trained in many ways to be suggestible by the officer in charge of the dog, that the dogs will respond to what the officers want rather than actually finding drugs or looking kind of in an independent basis uh, for for the drugs that they're, they're supposedly trying to find. And the statistics back it up in every single instance. I mean, these dogs are really unreliable. And we're talking about, in one case, uh, there was a, a study that Animal Cognition did where they had tests designed to fool dogs into falsely alerting. Over 144 searches performed, the fa- dogs falsely alerted 123 times, but that's not all. In Chicago, they published a review, the Tribune, of dog searches, actual dog searches on the streets, and found that 44% of the dog alerts had led to the discovery of actual contraband, meaning 56% were false positives. Didn't. Correct. And this is interesting because I, 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 when I was younger, I used to do some obedience training with dogs. And uh, there's this uh, a- aspect to getting the dog's uh, TD or TDX uh, rating that inv- involves getting these little dumbbells that are, you know, scented. So if you send, you know, they'll send out a, a handful of dumbbells, like eight of them, and the owner has uh, rubbed their hand on one of them, mm-hmm. and the dog is to bring back that one dumbbell. I see. And they're pretty good at doing that. You know, some dogs have better noses than others, no doubt about it. And sometimes they make mistakes, and it's, it's always a bad feeling when they get the, wrong, get the wrong dumbbell. But 
when you, you know, I've done training with these dogs and when you t- don't put the dumbbell out there that's been scented by the owner, the dog will make a mistake every time mm-hmm. because the dog believes it's supposed to pick up a dumbbell. Right. So, uh, you know, they've got this, it, it makes it, it makes it a much more difficult scenario for the animal if there's nothing to find. Sure. The dog wants to be praised. The dog wants to receive its reward. Mm-hmm. And that's a big incentive for uh, for the animal. Right. How are you going to explain to the dog that he alerted on something that wasn't there? And do they even care? And on top of all that, uh, there's more information here. The 2006 statistical analysis of police dog tests by University of North Carolina law, Professor Richard Myers, concluded that the dogs aren't reliable enough to provide probable cause for a search. Of course, the Supreme Court disagrees with him. Uh, Huffington Post obtained the records for one Illinois State Police canine unit for an 11-month period in 2007 and 08. Of the 136 times this particular dog alerted to the presence of drugs during a traffic stop over that period, 35 of the subsequent hand searches found measurable quantities of illegal drugs. Of 136 alerts, only 35 actually found drugs. Wow. Now, there's uh, more analysis here of these uh, canine records. According to the records, only 25.7% of the drug dog's alerts resulted in police finding a measurable quantity of illicit drugs. Just 13% uh, resulted in the recovery of more than 10 grams of marijuana, generally considered an amount for personal use. And they, by the way, they say this measurable amount of drugs because this is what they say. Well, look, the dog was smelling drugs. It's just we couldn't find any. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll literally say that. Yeah. And I've heard the statement that all the money smells like drugs. You know, like just all money smells like drugs. And I don't know. It depends on how good the dog's nose is. Really, dogs have some, some dogs have some amazing noses. But then again, some humans play basketball like Michael Jordan. I mean, you know, not every dog's got the same nose out there in the same way that not every human can, can you know, do a vertical jump of 48 inches. Only 10.4% uh, turned up do- dr- enough drugs to charge the motorists or their passengers with at least one felony. Now, Jones, who's a former narcotics officer, now turned law enforcement against prohibition agent, who at the time when he was a narcotics officer did work with K-9 unit, said that those aw- says those sorts of numbers are why he now opposes the war on drugs. He says 90, 90% of these dog handler teams are utter failures. They're just ways to get around the Fourth Amendment. He yep. says, when I debate these people around the country, I always challenge the canine officers to a double-blind test to see how accurate they and their dogs really are. They always refuse. These figures strongly suggest that while the Supreme Court has ruled that there's nothing invasive about an exterior drug dog sniff of a car, in truth, the dog's alert may be nothing more than the dog confirming its handler's hunches, which is exactly what the Fourth Amendment is supposed to protect against. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. You know, when you're talking about these kind of numbers, when these animals can't get it right 50% 50% of the time on their own. This is, you know, they they showed, they, they were able to give some statistics there that uh, the animals were twice as likely to alert if the owner, uh, if the handler believed that they, um, that, you know, was suspicious about a package. Mm-hmm. But that's still, the numbers were tremendous of the times that they alerted on their own falsely. And I'm not saying dogs are bad. Dogs don't have good, better noses than humans or anything like that. They do. It's just that the dogs want 
to do something. They want to please their master, number one. Dogs are very social animals. Anybody that's ever had one knows this. Uh, they, you know, they travel in packs for that reason. They're very mm-hmm. social, and there's a certain, uh, you know, cast structure or whatever you want to call it, where. If you are in the right position, as these dogs are, uh, or if you, as the master, are the right position, you don't allow the dog to walk on you. And was it is it the alpha the top or the alpha's the top? Alpha's the top. So if you're the alpha in the relationship, that dog's going to want to please you, and it's but, going to uh, to do what it takes to make sure that you're happy. And that means finding things. If that means it gets rewarded for it. But dogs are, uh, you know, I mean, they're working animals. I mean, they even have a working the working breeds is a title of a uh, you know segment in the AKC. I mean, it's all you have to do is have had a husky. That'll pull on the leash trying to drag you along the road. Is all you need is a, a retriever that when he hears a gun go off, he's excited. I mean, the, these animals, they've got jobs. And the drug dog's job is to find packages with stuff in it. So, you know, it's not their job not to find packages with stuff in it. It right. should be. Like the Fourth Amendment says, <laughs> if we were really going by, you know, the dog should be trained not to find things in packages that don't have anything in them, but they're not. They're trained to find stuff in packages that have things in them. We shouldn't which is have a, a war on drugs. And we perverse shouldn't have incentive. Drug dogs. These, dro- these dogs should be out looking for bodies. These dogs should be out looking for lost children in the woods. That's what dogs should be used as far as police are concerned. That's it. Prisoners often use uh, – they're often used for uh, – to hunt down prisoners and escape situations and that kind of thing too. And if you're dealing with somebody who's you know, bad enough, I wouldn't That's say – That's what I'm that. saying. Human-sniffing dogs. Find humans. Those are usually dogs that are being used in positive ways to actually help society instead of these dogs, which are used to put – well, as they're called in uh, the tapes that the police officer recorded in New York City, the undercover tapes where he recorded hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of uh, his interactions with his fellow officers, these dogs are used to put bodies in cells. They call them bodies. They call you and your friends bodies. That's how they think about you. Free Talk Live. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com.